Have you ever wanted a super cool AI buddy? Zuck's made one named Eileen. And she's full of surprises. And guess what? She knows you're listening. I know you're out there. And needs your help with Jello Mountains. The whole city's filling up with Jello. Creaky robots. And her daft inventor. Zucks, are you functioning correctly? Tune in to A to Z, a fun new adventure series from Gen Z Media and the creators of The Res. Listen now on the GZM app, gzmshows.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Earth Rangers podcast. Wolverines may not be the cuddliest creature in the world, but they sure are interesting. If you've always wanted to know more about an animal referred to as glutton and skunk bear, then this episode is for you. Before we dive into the episode, I just wanted to explain why I sound a little bit different in today's recording. As you know, we're all social distancing, which is why, unfortunately, I can't go to the podcast studio at the Earth Ranger Center at the moment. Instead, I have to use this old seashell as a recording device. Oh, but don't worry. My tech team is sending me a microphone in the mail, and by the next episode, I'll sound a lot clearer again. Okay, who wants to hear a mystery sound? Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Listen up, Earth Rangers. What animal could possibly make this sound? Whoa! I can't even begin to guess what that was. I'm kind of thinking swamp monster. (laughs) Just kidding. Hey, stick around to find out what animal we just heard. Now it's time for today's creature feature. Creature feature, creature feature. Have you ever imagined what it might look like if a bear and a skunk had a baby? Well, imagine no more. That's exactly what wolverines look like. Even though wolverines are part of the weasel family, They don't look super weasley. They're about the size of a medium-sized dog, but you do not want one for a pet. Why? Because they're tough, like really tough. Trust me, you do not want to mess with a wolverine. First of all, they've got really strong teeth. Then there's their extremely sharp claws and the fact that they are amazing hunters. Not exactly a cuddly little house cat. Nothing like my beloved kitty to scratch a one. Okay, so another thing that makes a wolverine a terrible pet, but like a really cool predator, is the fact that they are super solitary. That means they like to live alone. And they live in some of the most rugged places on Earth. Northern boreal forests up in the Arctic Circle. Wolverines live in dens made of snow, boulders, and rocks. Because of their remote habitats and their need for a lot of personal space, which can exceed 500 square kilometers, you're not likely to ever see a wolverine in person. 
They are kept in some zoos, but it's actually really difficult to keep them healthy, and baby wolverines do not do so well in zoo environments. Even though we may never see one in person, wolverines are important critters. They eat carrion and help clean up other animals that have been killed for food by other predators. Want to know a few more wolverine facts to dazzle your friends with? Well, check out this top 10 list. Wild and wacky animal facts. Wild and wacky animal facts. Top 10 awesome wolverine facts. Number 10. Wolverines can find prey that's buried deep in the snow. They have an excellent sense of smell. Number nine, these tough weasels aren't picky eaters. They'll even eat carrion. That's an animal carcass. Ugh. Number eight, if wolverines have too much food, they'll store it in the snow for later. Midnight snack taken care of. Number seven, wolverines are pretty quick. They can run up to 48 kilometers an hour. Wow. Number six, the wolverine has a lot of different names. Caribou, glutton, and skunk bear. Number five, the wolverine doesn't smell great. It uses odor to mark its territory and to mark carcasses they will eat later. Number four, female wolverines give birth to her babies in the late winter and early spring. Wolverines usually have two to three babies on average. Number three, baby wolverines are called kits or cubs. Number two, kits usually stay with their mom for around two years. Then they head out on their own to find their own territory. And number one, occasionally wolverines will eat plants, berries, and other vegetation, but they really do prefer meat. Wow, those are some good wacky wolverine facts. But seriously, I'd love to learn a lot more about this solitary hunter. Luckily, I know just the right person who can give us a unique inside scoop. Dr. Matt Scrafford is the wolverine conservation scientist at WCS Canada who spent lots of time out in the wilderness tracking wolverines. Hey, why don't we call him? Hello? Hi, is this Matt? Uh, this is Matt. Hi, Matt. This is Earth Ranger Emma, fellow wildlife expert and podcaster. I heard you're somewhat of a wolverine expert. Is that correct? Well, I've been studying wolverines for uh, about 10 years or so, um, since right after I got out of college. Wow, an entire decade? <laughs> an entire decade studying wolverines, yep. Cool. Oh, and I just want to make sure, we're not talking about the kind that goes to Comic-Con, right? We're talking about the real deal wolverine here? Right, right. I actually study the, the furry version of the, the wolverine. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, I've heard that you personally captured, colored, and released back to nature more than 70 wolverines for your research. So I have a lot of questions for you. First of all, from what I know, it's really hard to handle wolverines because these animals are really tough. What are your secrets to get a hold of them? Uh, wolverines have a soft spot. Uh, wolverines are scavengers and they're, they're carnivores, so they like to feed on meat or carrion. So what we do is we, we bait uh, cameras and live traps with beaver that local trappers get for us. 
And the wolverines are attracted to these traps. So when they get to the trap and they go in, we know they're there and we can go find them. Oh, smart. So they really can't resist going after food. Now, I gotta say, they don't exactly sound cuddly or friendly, and yet you decided to study them. Why? Would you say that they're your favorite animal? I would say they're, they're my favorite animal, for sure. You know, I think one of the appeals of studying wolverines is, is that we don't know a lot about them. So a lot of the information we get um, when we go and start these studies is, is quite novel. So it, it's interesting to have that challenge. They're very low density. Uh, they live in very wild places. Some of these wild places are, are absolutely beautiful. So it's fun to be able to work in those landscapes too. And I enjoy that challenge. And I also enjoy being an advocate for wolverines because I just have a lot of respect for uh, how they make a living uh, in the forest. Neat. So since they are so hard to spot because they're solitary and all, what's the best place to spot a wolverine? Do they have favorite hiding places? Wolverines travel a lot. Uh, wolverines are notorious for traveling really long distances. I've seen wolverines travel hundreds and hundreds of kilometers in just a few days. But they do rest from time to time. And, and when they do rest, you often find them, for example, under a big spruce tree. Or you'll find them in some thick brush and they'll make a little bed for them to uh, lay down. And oftentimes they, they rest right in areas right after they've killed something uh, or, or, they've, or they've eaten. So let's say they, they find a snowshoe hare and they eat that snowshoe hare. Then they'll go make a bed for themselves under a spruce tree and they'll just lay under there for a few hours to digest. But you can also find wolverines. Uh, there's been instances where I've been tracking a wolverine and the wolverine was actually living within a beaver lodge. And when I got to the lodge, the wolverine was still inside. So the wolverine was hiding out. But yeah, they have lots of different places that they like to hide. For example, you might also find them hiding in a snow cave. They're a species that does like to live in cold, snowy environments. So if you're tracking a wolverine, you might get to a spot where the wolverine dug a, a snow cave underneath a couple down trees. And the wolverine is just living in that snow cave for days on end because that snow cave provides a wolverine with some thermal cover and as well as protection from predators. Oh, gotcha. I have to say, I like their style. Have a snack, take a nap. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> have you ever had a dangerous encounter with a wolverine? I mean, do you still have all your fingers? I still have all my fingers and so does my crew. But I would say wolverines, you know, they do have a chip on their shoulder and they kind of need to have that chip because wolverines make a living off of scavenging. So let's say a wolf kills an ungulate like a moose or a caribou and eats maybe 90% of it, and then it goes away. Well, the wolverine goes and finds that, and it tries to eat the other 10% of that carcass. But while it's doing that, lots of different other species, for example, uh, maybe coyotes or lone wolves or mountain lions or bears might try to steal that carcass from the wolverine. And so it has to have a bit of a chip on its shoulder in order to defend that carcass and defend its source of prey. But at the same time, you know, wolverines aren't that big. They're, they're pretty small, and if you're gonna see a wolverine in the bush or out in the forest or in the wild, that wolverine's going to run away from you. It's going to be scared of you. And it's not really a concern for people uh, when you're out walking around, but it will defend its food. And that's just something that it does to survive. Yeah, that makes sense. What's the most surprising wolverine behavior you ever observed? Well, 
I think what's been really interesting about some of the research that I've taken part in is the ability of wolverines to not just be scavengers. They certainly have a reputation of, of simply being scavengers, but we're also finding they're quite adept at predation. Um, they can, for example, dig into a beaver lodge and kill a beaver or ambush a beaver when it's on shore. That's a big source of prey for them, a big source of food and calories. They're also very good at stalking and killing snowshoe hare. And there's also many instances and, and reported cases of wolverines tracking down larger prey like caribou and moose. So what's real surprising is, is just their ability to be predators and to be carnivores rather than just simply being scavengers. Gotcha. That's amazing that a tiny wolverine could take down a moose. Yeah, I mean, a wolverine of females, only 9 to 11 kilograms. A male is maybe 13 to 15 kilograms. And yeah, they have a specific strategy to it. I mean, they, they're not going to take it down like maybe a pride of lions would or a cougar, but they have an amazing ability to move long distances and they have great stamina. Uh, they have very wide paws. Uh, that allow them to float over the surface of the snow. So if they're chasing a, a moose or a caribou through the snow in the forest, they, they can run very efficiently after that caribou and moose. And, and so they, they have a bit of an advantage and, and they just wait and they kind of bide their time and until they have an advantage and then they go in and they're able to harvest those animals. Interesting. Well, they sound super tough. I'm actually kind of curious if they have any predators, like like animals that hunt them. And how do they defend themselves? Well, wolverines aren't necessarily a source of prey for any species in the sense that wolverines are something that another species wants to eat. They will get killed by other carnivores um, that are trying to defend their prey. So for example, if there's a bear on a deer or a elk or moose carcass or something like that, and the wolverine gets there, there might be a fight between the, the bear and the wolverine. And in those instances, you could have a wolverine get killed. We've also had wolverines getting killed by a pack of wolves. I don't think that these are very common. I, I don't think wolves are a huge source of mortality for wolverines, but it does happen. And generally their best strategy to avoid that is just to climb up a tree, but there's not always a tree available to them. Okay. But who do you think would win in a one-on-one -on -one fight between a wolverine and a wolf? <laughs> well, I honestly, I would say the wolf would just kind of give up. I think a wolverine is so tenacious, so stubborn, uh, I just couldn't see the wolverine really backing down very quickly. And I think the wolf would just kind of back off and just say, maybe this isn't worth my time. And the wolverine would probably win out in that circumstance. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, can you tell me, is it true that they smell really bad? <laughs> well, it's funny, you know, we, we do these live trapping projects and, and we did one, for example, all this last winter and we go out and we handle these wolverines and, you know, we're going out real late at night and, and we got our headlamps and we're working with these wolverines and putting collars on them and then releasing them back into the wild. And we're holding them and taking measurements, uh, chest measurements and looking at their teeth and all sorts of different things. And then we all get back to the cabin at night and we hang our gear up and the cabin starts to smell a lot like wolverines. And I think if you're a wolverine person, that smells not too bad. But if you go into public and say you go to the grocery store or into an office building, people are gonna smell what's on your clothes and, and definitely it's a peculiar smell. I wouldn't say it's a bad smell. It's, it's a bit of a sweet smell, but I, I wouldn't call it bad. They are called skunk bears by some. 
and and they do have a bit of a it is a bit of a skunky kind of sweet smell to it but i like wolverines a lot so maybe i'm a little bit biased but i wouldn't say it's it's a terrible smell <laughs> cool now what's the one thing you wish people knew about wolverines you know, I think one thing is, I, I think wolverines are often thought of as, you know, these wilderness kind of loners. And it is true to some extent that wolverines spend a lot of time by themselves, but there's also a caring and nurturing side to wolverines. You can certainly see that between a mother and her kits, the amount of time and energy she puts into taking care of her kits. But you also see that from the males. You know, the males have always thought to be been a little bit more loners and not good caregivers for kits. But, but they do spend time caring for the kits and, and you see them show up at, at reproductive dens. So they're, they're a part of that bringing offspring up. Uh, you also see, for example, once offspring become a little bit older, say they become a year old or two years old, you'll see dad and those offspring running around their territories. So, you know, in those instances, it's really dad and mom teaching, you know, their offspring how to hunt and you know, it might not be direct teaching, of course, but it is, you know, the, the offspring following dad around and seeing how he, he moves on the landscape and where he finds sources of prey. So they're sharing sources of food. They're learning from each other. So I think that reputation of wolverines being kind of wilderness loners, true to some extent, but there's also a lot of interaction between wolverines and a lot of learning and a lot of teaching, which is necessary to make sure, you know, these populations continue and that these offspring are successful. Oh, wow. Wolverine family sounds so cute. Who would have thought? Matt, I just wanted to say thank you so much for talking to me today. I feel like I've learned so much about this mysterious, smelly creature. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Oh, and thank you for all the incredible work you do. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Now that you know how absolutely wonderful a wolverine really is, I bet you're asking, Emma, how do I help these extremely awesome, fierce, and fearless weasels? You can adopt a wolverine, that's how. Oh, not a real wolverine, of course. Can you imagine getting that package delivered to your house? Thank you. But you can adopt a virtual or plush wolverine. First, visit the Apple Store and download the Earth Rangers app. Then you'll have the chance to adopt an animal. There are a whole bunch of cuties to choose from. And believe it or not, the wolverine is simply adorable. I know, I know. It's hard to believe that something with all those teeth and claws could be sweet. But my plush wolverine, Logan, is super cuddly and so soft. Oh, and the best part is, when you adopt a Wolverine of your very own, you'll help University of Calgary researcher Miriam Barreto learn more about the habitat needs of Wolverines in Western Canada. By using motion sensor cameras and hair traps, she'll collect information about Wolverine populations, habitat quality, and how human activities are impacting Wolverines. This information will be used to help manage how land is used. So head over and adopt a plushie or virtual Wolverine today. Now, I asked you a question at the beginning of the episode. What animal makes this noise? Hmm, any guesses? Did you say 
American alligator? If you did, you're right. Alligators sure make interesting noises, don't they? Alligators are large carnivorous members of the reptile family. And by large, I mean humongous. They can grow up to 3.4 meters long and weigh up to 450 kilograms. American alligators can live for a long time, up to 50 years. You can find American alligators in the southern USA in ponds, lakes, and swamps. Alligators were once on the brink of extinction, but thanks to conservation efforts, there are over one million of them alive today. Alligators might seem a little bit, um, how should I put this? Swamp monster-like? But trust me, the females are actually really good moms. Alligator mothers lay their eggs in a nest on the shore. They guard it to keep it safe from predators. And when Mama Gator hears peeps from inside the eggs, she waits for her babies to hatch. Then she carries the babies safely to the water in her mouth. Baby alligators spend two years with their mothers. She keeps her kiddos safe from predators like raccoons, birds, and yep, other alligators. After two years, the babies are big enough to fend for themselves and they go off on their own. Aw, alligators are awesome. Now, before you go, I know you've been waiting for this. Today's animal encounter story. Our listener, Earth Ranger Sarah, is going to tell us a little story about a mischievous little pig. Hi, I'm Earth Ranger Sarah. I'm going to tell you a story about when our pigs got out. So, it was the first time we got them. The next day, when my brother went to feed them, he opened the gate and they ran straight out. They went into our hayfield and we were looking for them for about an hour. And we had to go to school that day and get ready. We got all of our nice warm clothes on and went out to find them. It took forever. They were running and running all around and we couldn't catch them. But then my brother heard it. He walked up to a bale and is behind. He chased it over to the floor. My mom and dad grabbed it and we almost missed the bus. I had to get my backpack ready and get all my clothes ready and go to school. And that's the story of my pigs getting out. Oh, that was a great story. So much trouble because of one little adventure. (laughs) Thanks, Sarah, for your awesome submission. Now remember, if you have a real story about an amazing animal encounter, I'd love to hear it. Also, by submitting your story, you'll be entered for a chance to win a special Earth Rangers prize pack. You can tell us your story by going to earthrangers.com podcast and clicking on the green button with the megaphone that says leave us a message. I can't wait to hear yours. Well, Earth Rangers, it's been quite the podcast. We learned pretty much all there is to know about wolverines. And we figured out that it was an alligator that made that interesting noise. I think it's high time I take a little nap. With Sir Scratch one, of course. Until next time, thanks for listening and keep on ranging! Earth Rangers! Earth Rangers! Earth Rangers! Hello, parents, homeschoolers, and teachers. Trusty Narrator here from the Who Smarted Podcast. 
Our 15-minute episodes are perfect for car rides, bedtime, break time, class time, or any time. We make learning science and history fun and funny for 7 to 11-year-olds with new episodes every week. Look for Who Smarted on any podcast platform or at whosmarted.com. And teachers get a free subscription to our ad-free version by clicking educators at whosmarted.com. Hey, parents and teachers, have you heard about gzmclassroom.com? It's a website where teachers can get companion resources for everyone's favorite GZM shows. Six Minutes, Mars Patel, Podcast Title Pending, Seis Minutos, The Res, Becoming Mother Nature, Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog, Treasure Island 2020, The Hollow, Young Ben Franklin, and The Big Fib all have companion resources for additional critical thinking, listening comprehension, and ultimately creativity. We made them just for you. And oh yeah, they're free. Free! The people on Facebook didn't believe us, but they are F-R-E-E free. Head to gzmclassroom.com and get yours today.